0: Live Brunch. We are live. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Live Brunch. Live Brunch. Live Brunch. brunch. Wow. Welcome to our last. Sorry, I just shouldn't be saying last. Welcome to our episode of Live Brunch. Um, and yeah, that's starting through me. Last? <laughs> no, sorry. Do you know it, something we don't know? I do know something that you don't know. Is the But, world just, gonna end? but let's ignore what that. What is it? Is it the second no? coming? It could be. Guys, this, it is the this, second
1: coming. <laughs> Tomorrow. What, or when? Sometime between now and next week. Sometime Jesus between now back. and next Sunday. So guys. Something is going to happen. Obviously that means no more Live Brunch, which that, is the main thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we
0: could have just let that slip and then... I, I could
1: have let it slip, but I didn't. But I'm sorry. you did Sorry.
0: Um, Joel, you just finished preaching to us I on did. Uh, family. Yeah. It's Father's Day, happy Father's Day. Yeah, and have you. Have you got your Father's Day presents or anything special? No. No. I no. Haven't, I haven't either. Haven't yet. Yes. So, wives Still and families, time. if you're watching this, we will be back home soon. Yeah. We expect... We do. Red carpet treatment
1: and the, the Red presents. carpet, that, that would be a lovely present.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to know a quick one-minute summary of...
1: Yeah, yeah so it's, it's the story of Abraham and uh, uh, Sarai having a child the wrong way. So they're promised a child uh, back in chapter 12, and it's a long time coming. Ten years later, there's still no child. So uh, they decide on a different route uh, where he, he makes his, his maidservant pregnant. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's not the answer. And um, uh, Sarai Sarah is very upset because uh, Hagar is now treating her like she's second wife because Hagar's had the child, Sarai hasn't. And so then Sarai decides to send Hagar um, into the wilderness, which is cruel of her. Hagar is left out there pregnant in the, in the wilderness. God meets her and looks after her at a well and makes promises. And that's where the story, that's where the chapter finishes. And we just talked about, well, we talked about a lot of things. But that, that's the story. It's really about how we make dumb decisions when we don't trust God. Brilliant. You could have just said I that said last that. time and we would have been happy. But yeah.
0: you kind of, after yeah. the preaching ends. So. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's um, what you do. We are in the midst of our small group terms. So we've got a few questions to help you in your discussion. With the, within your small group, if you haven't signed up to a small group, we are manual.com forward slash small groups. These are just a wonderful opportunity to be in community and do life together. Uh, So here are the questions for you. Which of the characters in this story most resonates with your experience or do you find it hardest to relate to? Second question, how can we avoid the mistakes of this passage and allow God's voice to shape our households? What does or could that look like for you? And then the third question, what of God's mercy and kindness do you see in this passage? Are you aware of God seeing you? And how might that help you this week? And so, Anna, you're going to help us with the, the second question. Am I? Yeah. What
2: was the second
0: question? How, <laughs> <can, laughs> how, how could you avoid <laughs> the mistakes of this passage and allow God's voice to shape your household? And what could that yeah. what could that look like for you, yeah. Anna?
2: Yeah, Anna. No. Oh, no. Tell us. Yeah. My mind momentarily
1: wandered. <laughs> Sorry.
2: Um... I think first thing is, for me, I am a complete activator. I will go very quickly. I'll think of a solution, Mm. and I will activate on it very quickly. And it's a great gift from God, but it it needs a lot of God in it. Mm. Um, And so for me, it's not activating immediately. It's remembering, Okay, I don't need to come up with a solution and an answer immediately. I need to come to God first. And I think it's out of that place of coming to coming to God and sometimes it's coming to him and then coming to him again and then another day and then with somebody else and then with somebody else and another day, that you then find that place of peace even in the situation and it's out of that place of peace that you can then start to hear God, mm. I think. For me, that's what I find. Otherwise, I'm just too quick to come up with my own solutions and it mm. might be that those solutions were right and good but actually... Whatever the solution is, if it's done out of the wrong motivation of "I'm in the driving seat and I need to solve this," mm. then that's a problem. Because mm. actually, what God looks at all the time isn't necessarily our actions; it's our heart behind our actions. Mm. And so we just need to make sure that is right first. Really
0: good. Brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Is there any practical ways you'd say to to ensure that, to make sure you guard your heart and you keep your heart rooted in who God is, rather than letting that get distracted?
2: I think the more time. Genuinely the more time it sounds like a very spiritual answer, but it is it's real. The the more time you spend before God and the more time you spend worshiping and not worshipping navel gazing but worshiping looking at Jesus, actually the more you start to see who he is, it then reflects you then see yourself a bit more for who you are.
0: Yeah. I think. Brilliant, really, really good. Okay, so should we jump into some questions um that we have about what Joel just preached on? The first question, even though it's quite a bizarre story. I think a lot of people will resonate with the dysfunction of family yeah. in this passage. And in an increasingly individualistic society, establishing and maintaining a family sometimes doesn't seem to be a great priority. Is that a problem? Uh, if family can be so painful, is it worth the hassle?
1: Yes. <laughs> yes, it is worth the hassle. Um, and it is a problem that we, we don't see it... Um, the way that God sees it, um, I think that we we do live in a, in a time in history where, especially the families, kind of it's like it's been put through um, concentrated acid. You know, it's like there's not there's not much left over. It's kind of been disintegrated to its tiniest particles, and society is increasingly at- atomized. So, um, uh, and the result of so that are, are, are generally negative really in all kinds of ways some of the some of the pretty disturbing results is you know just general kind of dysfunction and and trouble of mental health and even things like crime rates and stuff but also um, just uh, the, the the way in which people are poorly trained for the future and uh, we have very, very very much less of a, um, a co- kind of common shared concept of covenant love um, we tend to uh, revert to a kind of uh, reciprocal kind of love as the only real way. You know, if, if my needs aren't being met in this relationship, it's valid for me to abandon it. Um, which is a, which is increasingly seen as the normal way to think, even about marriage. You know, if this isn't making me happy, then uh, i it, it, I'm kind of it's appropriate for me to move on um, and screw the results. To be to be frank. Um, and that's disastrous for everybody, not just for society at large, but for the individual themselves because they're making decisions that will hurt them, really, even though, like Sarah, we might think we have a rationale. We might think, well, you know, this could work out. You know, I leave my husband or I leave my wife or I I, I just flirt with this other person. Ah, it'll work out. Mm. Um, It doesn't work out. It just doesn't. It doesn't. The stats say it. You don't need a Bible. The stats say it. Um, if, we, if, we want, you know, if we want extra information so I, I think I'm answering the question I just think it's a, it's a definite no-go and so part of the I would say you know, if someone says to me what is like top three priorities for people who love Jesus in 21st century Britain what is it we should be attending to what is it we should be trying to achieve priority thing I would say rebuilding the family rebuilding marriages and family definitely in the top 3 if not top 2 if not top 1 it's like what could be more important
0: so if somebody w- who is watching this is having their mind blown by what you said about in terms of the, the top 3 and they're saying wait hold on a second i thought it's very much about uh who i am and my identity and fulfilling the purpose that you know even god has for me yeah. It's planned for me yeah. and and you're talking about about family and you're talking about something else how do you get them to reorient their thinking into seeing no actually this is a lot more um, of, of priority than the individualistic approach to themselves, their identity, that sort of thing?
1: I guess, I guess I'm um, aware of how much we've kind of flipped socially without necessarily everyone sort of noticing. Mm. Um, and so, you know, that, that myth of the frog in the kettle, you know, I don't know if it's true or not, but they say, you know, if you put frog in hot water, it jumps out. Put it in cold water and gradually raise it. The frog boils because it doesn't notice until too late. Really, things have changed so much. People don't even so Christians don't read their Bible even with that, those glasses on. They read it through the individualistic lens, not realizing that in this society in which this was written, it was completely normal for people to think a priority in my life is to lay my life down for my my wife or you know, I'm. I'm I'm not an island. I'm not. That's not. I, I, and actually, that's not the best way for me to flourish as a human being, in a kind of an individualistic way. Uh, to to av- just to to think following Jesus is just me and Jesus, as if I'm going to save the world, is 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 um is simply not very fulfilling anyway. Mm. And so, you know, I, I kind of I delight in preaching at New Day, for example, with like seven thousand teenagers. I love preaching to them about getting married and having kids. Because no one talks like that to teenagers. Everyone talks about going and saving the world. Everyone wants to save the world, but no one wants to do the dishes. Mm. No one wants to build a community in a house. And actually, that's one of the main ways you will save the world, is by loving someone for the rest of your life and staying committed to them and raising children to do the same. What better thing could you do in the world than that? What, what, tell, tell me, what could be better for the world than that? But I oh, would rather do this, it's just not glamorous. Mm. And we, we just, we haven't understood some main principles. That doesn't mean that there aren't people who are called to a single, like, that's a major caveat. We've got to be really clear about that. And I'm not emphasising that today. So that's for another day. That's, so don't get me wrong. That's very important. But when we, emphasise, when we kind of protect that space, we mustn't do it at the expense of the, the reality that for most people, the right thing in life will be to take this part of life very seriously.
2: Actually, mm. in um, Genesis, when you look at the creation story, I was listening to something about this the other day, that you know, God made this and it was very good. God made this and it was good. God made that and it was good. God made the other and it was good. God made man and it was very good. But then the first time it wasn't very good is man being on his own. Yeah. But actually Absolutely. from the very beginning. And obviously then he brought Eve and that's about husband and wife. But there's the whole thing actually that God is in relationship with himself. And then he created us and we're on our own and that ain't good. Yes. You know, God's created us from the very beginning Absolutely. to be in relationship brilliant that that's what we're created to be that's part of our dna as creatures
0: what's the knock-on effect that this would have on the church and community so the the emphasis on family
1: i think that um i mean it's it's it's, you need to ask somebody today who are you um i I say to i guess particularly someone in a kind of western context who who are you tell me about yourself uh give i'll give you 60 seconds to do it um and then you ask the same question to someone in the Bible or or even someone in a non-Western context today, um, and the answer would be quite different. They'll talk the answer you get from a from a someone in the Bible would be: I am so-and-so, son or daughter of so-and-so, son or daughter of so-and-so. And the sense of identity with family is a huge thing. I think trying to um, cultivate that in our lives so that we feel a, a genuine, deliberate sense of connection. Um, with, with the people that, that we're in family is, is, a, is a huge part of it. I think that when... when I guess this is a story about a, a father who abdicates, particularly. Now, not all the Bible stories are about that. In this case, it is. And very much like Adam, he abdicates his role. If he hadn't, um, it's more looking at what wouldn't have to happen. So if we say, what would be improved if, if, uh, if we built family a biblical way... In some ways it's almost rather like looking at what what would we not have to put up with rather than what you know would we get to the to to mars quicker would we do would we achieve more as a i don't know but there's a lot of things that we would have to put up with a lot less of if 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 there was a kind of uh commitment here and i guess um in, in in this case this is one example it is the kind of active sense of spiritual responsibility that parents and in this case especially a father should have felt. I would say to dads, as we come out of lockdown, I mean, I said it in the sermon, I'll say it again. Let's start praying about what it means for our family to come back to live worship. I think that dads are gonna have to play quite a big part in that. I think it'd be very tempting for dads to leave that to their wives mm. uh, or to let the kids decide. And certainly there's a time in life where you do let your kids decide, mm. but that must not be done too early. And for dads to feel like, no, I'm, I'm gonna take a lead. You do it well. You do it wisely. You do it graciously. You don't thunder out the law, but you you win people. You prayerfully win them over. Say, we don't, and you lead by example. And you, I'm, I'm going to worship God. You better come with me. And you, you're the first there, and you're singing, and your hands are up, because that's how to be a dad. And, and that kind of culture in a church turns it upside down in a moment. You have revived if 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 dads are visibly leading in worship.
0: Mm. Brilliant.
1: This is really
0: exciting. I'm looking forward to going back to church with my family. Mm. Um, we're all parents and we know in the moment being a dad or a mum is very hard and it's not very glamorous or exciting or or inspiring. It's don't touch the TV, don't touch the TV, don't touch the TV, don't push the TV TV over, don't touch the stove. (laughs) It's all of that that's just constant, constant, constant. Um, And in some ways, maybe people listening to this are like, oh, really? It sounds way more exciting to go out and change the world than... Go and change an appy, or to do the dishes, uh, and, and it's hard. It, yeah. it, it emotionally it is is yes. hard. It's very frustrating. Yes. Yes. You can't see change, or you don't see change the way you could probably see in the workplace. Um, you can order people to do stuff, and bang, they do it. Yeah. it, it not so much at home. <laughs> uh, what would you say to to parents who are probably hearing something like Joel, this is hard work, man. You know, ps- i do not going to go change the world. Do you,
1: do you oh, want to go
2: first, or you? Well, I'm just thinking actually recently that some of the conversations I've been having at home are ones that are reflective of in the world. I'm talking about um, all sorts to do with gender and sexuality yeah. and, um, you know, I want to believe in God but it's hard and it's boring and all these like real things and, you know, how do I have control over my mind and, you know, this is the stuff that actually when we're changing the world with other people we're having the same conversations but we get to do it with little ones who live with you so you get to do all the time and it is does make it harder because then they won't go away but you get to Mm. you get to do that and you get to influence it in a bigger way i think i heard someone
1: say um godly conversations around the dinner table topple mighty empires which is about right isn't really, it not really, it's actually, so one of the generals actually, it was Napoleon or someone said, it was actually the mothers that changed the world because <laughs> they're the ones that shape the future. But it's, I think that kind of, is exactly what, it's, it's that kind of vision. So mm. thinking, no, no, this, this is where the real action is. This is the real action. The other stuff is kind of icing. And yeah.
2: if it says mothers, then then that's an encouragement to dads. Don't just disappear off. Yes, yes,
1: yes, yes. Get
2: there, get in those conversations. Absolutely. Do the putting to bed where yes. you can have those conversations and all the rest.
1: I, I guess actually trying to, um, I, don't, yeah, I think doing it with it's like doing it with faith is the point, isn't it? Because I think what the question comes from is a kind of, it, it, it feels like this isn't working. It's not. It's, this, this isn't any good. I get that. I think the feeling of fruitlessness, the feeling of frustration, sometimes heartache. It's very real and uh, I think it can steal our faith and you know whatever not a faith is, is sin and so coming into this whole thick journey of, I'm going to raise my kids I'm going to do this I'm going to do this wholeheartedly it does require faith um, if we just do it because because that's the rules now that's what the preachers I, I don't know how fruitful that will be and uh, so stirring with faith asking God for faith and a vision for it is key
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Mate if people don't really get uh, more into this, the you know the, the family being priority, the importance of the family. Any resources that you recommend that they look into?
1: Yeah, I, I'd, I'd recommend um, so many, and maybe we should put a few some in, in show notes and that sort of thing. But um, I think one one thing that I read recently that I found particular two things that I read recently that I found very helpful. <laughs> one of them is Paul Tripp's book. Uh, I think it's just called Parenting or parent. Parenting No, it's just Parenting. Parenting, yeah, yeah. I, that's a that's a classic. it's a, okay. a really superb book. Parent just parenting. Paul Tripp, double P. Yeah. And the other is um it's called Love and Respect yeah. in the Family. Love and Respect in the Family. I can't remember the name. I think it's e- something Eggerich, yeah. his surname is unusual. But just Google Love and Respect in the Family or whatever Pretty. search engine you use and get that book. Because it's it's just so wise he does a podcast so,
0: with his son as well where they yeah that's gonna, gold that's brilliant very, very does
1: one for marriage and one for yeah. for parenting just outstanding great Anna, any recommendations
2: i would no not books but i would say find families around the church who you think could do it well and see if you can get time with them if you can't get time with them talk to them on the phone or you know, whatever. Absolutely. But I think it's actually just being inspired by yes, families yes, yeah. who are doing it well, mums yeah. and dads who are Amen. doing it
0: well. Um, we've only got time for probably one or two more questions. Um, you, you talked about that we shouldn't, com- we, we can be prone to compromising truth for the sake of relationships. Massive. I think that is so true, especially, um, you know, within a, within a, as a preacher. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you could be thinking, well, um, these are the people looking in, how do I make sure that I, I don't lose yeah, yeah. a relationship with them? But even... Uh, and for people who aren't preaching and who are watching this and thinking that's a really big statement about not compromising truth for the sake of relationship because how do you actually outwork that yeah. on a day-to-day basis? You could, you could come into um, conflict with people who aren't in church, people who are in church but have different yeah. views yeah. of the Bible, also within your own family with, yeah. with different views. Just Any, any practical tips on, on how you could manage that tension and you know, speak the truth in love, I guess?
1: Well, well, I suppose what you, the very last thing you said, "Speak the truth in love," is probably the, uh, a key. Um, I think investigating what that verse, because it's in it's in Ephesians chapter four, that that very phrase, "Speaking the truth in love," what does that mean? What does it look like? Learning to 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 be discipled by that verse is a lifetime's work, and um, I think I think that's that's. It defies a quick answer, really, but I would say meditate on that very thing. Speaking of truth and love, it's a biblical theme of you know, Jesus is filled with grace and truth. These, these combinations are in scripture for a reason. So, learning to, you know, seeking, out, seeking God, saying, Give me wisdom at how to do that. Everyone's experience will be different, and their story will be different, and it will take you in different, sometimes painful directions. But if you hold on to that commitment, Truth in love, truth in love. It's not truth without love. It's not love without truth. It's got to be that combination. And you, you prayerfully pursue it, then we'll, we're on the right journey. Mm. Um, but I, you know, I think it will all be very different for different people, how, how, it, will, how it will look.
0: Superb. Well, our time has come to an end. I, just, I love the stuff you shared on, on family. You know, maybe we should start doing a podcast on family mm. and interview people around family, just get people... It's just an idea. I shouldn't be saying odd ideas. Uh, (laughs) But thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Live Lunch. We look forward to being with you next week. Tune in at 10 o'clock for our live stream or sign up to one of our services. We are manual.com services and you can be with us in the room. Have a lovely weekend and happy Father's Day.